Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This episode of the House of Mystery is brought to you by Legacy Food Storage. The best way to protect your family is by being prepared. LegacyFoodStorage.com. Fiction, science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. FM FM Riverside and AM Palm Springs. Welcome back into the House of Mystery, and of course, I'm Al Warren. Who else would be driving this crazy train? And uh, in the ditch over there, that's Mr. David Martino. I am here. See, I wasn't I didn't call you Rose. I didn't call you no. Martini. I didn't call you any serial killer name. Or it anything. confused me. Well, I have to be nice, you know. We got, <laughs> I, you know, I got to cut down the, you know, if people want to write emails and bad messages, you know, write it about something silly, I, not about being mean to you. Yes, that's You're right. into that. He's into whips and veins, people. He wears a that's dress right. in the basement and he gets whipped and he has a kitty cat downstairs and <laughs> and his and his wife and I, I you know i don't even want to get into that that's, that's crazy a whole, that's a dr phil show that is yeah, right. <laughs> that. crazy i mean you i heard you i heard you got the uh, fart lady too living at your house now yes yeah well i thought that would be like a secondary career well you know? but you know what's she gonna do she farted herself into the hospital i know well i was gonna take over <laughs> yeah, but nobody. Yeah. There's nobody, a lot of money involved in this. Yeah, fifty thousand a week, but nobody wants you know what Dave no. Martino's farts in a jar no. while he's wearing a dress. <laughs> it's not pretty, even when it's not wearing a dress, right? It's so, true. Um, I don't. Either think, way, yeah, I don't think we can. Do that. Um, <laughs> they'll be shutting us down soon. Mm. You know. Speaking of, of um, 
of that weird stuff. Okay, so now we've got uh, another writer today, but this one, you know, it's a scary, scary writer because this this guy's from the dark woods of Tennessee. Okay, <laughs> speaking of on. yeah, speaking be, of farts in a jar, yeah, yeah, but be careful. <laughs> a lot of things happen in the dark woods of Tennessee. Isn't that where um, Deliverance was filmed? <laughs> believe it way in my backyard i think yeah so that's that's uh dw gillespie and uh well we're glad you made it to the show thank you very much thank you guys for having me (laughs) we haven't had you yet (laughs) (laughs) you'd know that i mean being in the dark woods um i was going to say you got a wife it says you're supported by your wife well that's great i mean you found a good one i mean she works the job and she has the kids, and she does everything, and you just sort of, I don't know, what do you, eat chocolates and smoke cigars? <laughs> There's definitely some of that that happens for sure. Um, I wish I wish I could say I was one of those writing success stories who, who uh, gets to just hang out at the house all the day, but um, I actually am still working the full-time job and writing on the side, so we're both uh, pretty much busy nonstop. Oh, geez, we got the wrong person, Dave. I thought this was wasn't this supposed to be Dean Coons. Like, what's going on here? I talked to the, I got the wrong agent here. I don't know. No, I mean that's all fun. Um, but so I look at this, and when I see writers like this, so you do kind of horror or dark fiction and that sort of thing. Yeah, what makes you go there? You know, I, I've asked that question a lot, and I've had plenty of people ask me that question, too. Uh, you always get that conversation where somebody comes up to you and says, you know what, i got an idea for you. I think you would be really good for it. It's really funny, and it's really, you know, and, and I'm like, I, I can't explain it. Um, in, in my normal life, I think I'm like a fun, funny guy who likes to joke around, and but for whatever reason, my brain just goes to the – to the weird, dark places. And, and uh, I think there was a good Stephen King quote of uh, people saying similar things to him over the years. And his answer was like, you know what? I got what I got. And so that's, that's the only way I can say it is, is that this is what, when I lay down in bed at night, this is the crap that comes into my head. And and I would say too, that it's, it's kind of an ironic thing that I feel like out of lots of people that I know, maybe the majority of people that I know, I'm like, pretty stable as a person like i don't i barely drink anymore i i don't go out and do a bunch of crazy stuff i'm just the dad at home with the kids and the wife and everything and i really and truly think that uh especially when i talk to some of my friends who are like just balls of anxiety all the time they're just like they're panicked about everything in the world 24 7 I think writing about horror is like a way to get a lot of that stuff out of my system. And it's like, you know, I I feel existential dread just like everybody else. But I think that there's something kind of exercising about, you know, getting that stuff out and not carrying it around all the time. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you got to work it out some way. Everyone does it differently. Dave goes out, you know, with a knife and at night and. (laughs) <laughs> comes back with blood on his hands. I don't know what goes on there. But I've never been caught. No, we don't talk. We don't talk about that. So. No, no, no. <laughs> but you know, the idea is you got to work it out. I think, and you're writing about some really dark, crazy thing going on. Um, uh, you know, some horror. Do you ever feel that yourself when you're writing? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, and especially in the early stages of of 
when I'm working on something, um, especially like in the idea phase of like, all right, I'm trying to, I'm, I've got this seed of an idea and I'm trying to work it out and see if it can turn into anything. And, and I, I was only half joking when I said when I lay in bed at night, because that really and truly is probably more so than any time for me that like my mind just absolutely goes nuts. And so it's, I, I lay down with this little seed of an idea and I start thinking of it. And there, there have been times where I'm like, all right, I, I got to get back up and like watch TV for a minute or something. Cause it does, it's, it's easy to go too far, uh, in, into that mindset. But generally speaking, it's not all the time I'm right. I would drive myself nuts if I did that all the time when I'm writing, but here and there, I do have those moments for sure. Yeah. So basically you're getting aroused at night. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that because I was uh, I wanted to spend the rest of the time talking now. <laughs> Let's get this horror stuff out of the way. Talk yeah. about the real reason up here. Yeah, is this something you've always done your whole life? You've been writing this dark sort of thing right from the beginning, like six years old, and you're writing about you know vampires or whatever. Or is this something that came along later? Yeah, actually, I, um, I had forgotten about a lot of this and. It was probably, I don't know, a couple of years ago, my my mom had found a bunch of just school stuff and was going through and getting rid of stuff and found from, I don't know, third, fourth grade, about the time when you're actually able to write sentences. And it was that. It was all just, you know, uh, Frankenstein broke into the house and I shot him with a shotgun, that type of stuff. And so um, I really and truly, I think, because I see it in my son, too. He's 11 years old. Um, he loves the st- same kind of stuff, too. And I, I really think more than anything else, it's like I, I just like monsters. I've always been fascinated by monsters. You know, I always joke to my wife that I wish I could w- write the types of books she reads, which are like the crime, like the the, the mainstream, the girl in the window on the train and the path on the whatever, um, those types of things that it's all just a mystery and crime and stuff like that, because it seems like that type of stuff is just way more popular. And I'll start down that direction. I'm like, ah, I got a crime story in mind. And then halfway through a monster comes in. And that's just, I can't help it. I just like that type of stuff. And I always have. And that's always kind of stuck with me. Well, I was wondering, do you consider yourself, um, you know, kind of like a quiet horror writer? Um, it's kind of termed that when everything kind of happens kind of off the page, so to speak. Or do you think uh, your, your fiction is a little bit more graphic? I, I definitely more in the quiet side. I mean, there's, you know, I've, I've got a lot of short stories uh, that have been published. And with short stories, it's, it's so much easier to just take that one weird idea, and run with it and go really crazy and do something gory. But like if I'm spending, you know, six months with a book, maybe even longer than that, um, just living with it and working it and tweaking it and all that kind of stuff that um, it, most of it does end up being more quiet horror. it is more that, you know, there's something creepy sneaking into your house. There's something under the bed. There's mm. a, there's, you know, I still love monsters and stuff. And it's not to say that I don't get gory here and there, but it's not, Definitely not the fun. I'm not like a splatter punk guy or anything like that. It's funny, you know, something creepy in my house under the bed. They're they're trying to get away from me. <laughs> it goes the other way. Um, I I wonder. So when I put together a, a book, a lot of times I'm I'm kind of going 
leading to a point. How's that? I'm kind of leading somewhere with it, and I'm hoping uh, it comes across a certain way. I'm trying to tell a story in a certain way, uh, but I'm dealing with something that really happened to someone or some group of people, and I'm trying to just display something to people. Is that how it works with horror as well? Like, are you, or is it just all about the suspense and tension? I mean, I, I would say that pretty much every book that I've written, which I've got four books published, but I've written eh, 12 or 13. I've got a lot of books that I've, I've completed that just haven't quite got out there yet. But um, I'd say almost every single one of them, I'm attempting to do something slightly different, but they're all, like you said, leading to some idea, some central point. Some, you know, some cases it's like I, I think of a great ending and the entire book is wrapped around the ending. Sometimes it's uh, a certain character and like I, I can build a story around a character. Sometimes it's just a simple like idea, you know, um, uh, the toy thief, which uh, is, is one of my books is uh, literally that entire books kind of sprung from the idea of, a certain type of monster and, and the, the narrative and everything kind of just wrapped around that. How do you put these together? Like, where does it come from for you? Um, so you're laying in bed and you're all excited. And, and then this, <laughs> this idea comes to you and you got to get it down. Yeah. Every, every, I would say all of them are a little different, but my first book that was published, which was uh, with, you know, kind of a smaller indie, uh, imprint was, uh, the title is still dark and it's actually out of print now, but it was, I literally had a dream and what, and, and this is probably, this is probably the best like story about coming up with an idea for a book, um, that I've, that I've had, but I had a dream and the dream was I was standing at the edge of this frozen pond and there's snow all on the ground and everything. And I can see, you know, it's real thin ice on this pond and I can kind of see, like the water lapping up underneath it. And in my mind, I'm like, there's something in that water. And all of a sudden an alligator comes out of it. So, you know, alligators are nowhere where there's ice, you know? So it's like this, this weird kind of inscrutable, these things don't fit together kind of thing. And I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning and just like stumbled and almost fell and just like stumbling around the room, trying to find something to write down and and i woke up the next day my wife's like what the hell is wrong with you and i wake up the next morning and i find this note that says alligator in pond and i'm like why do and, and i had to spend like an hour being like why did i think that that was interesting and it's the dream finally came back to me and i realized i was okay i remember where i was going for it. and there's an entire book that came from that single idea of like this is a weird impossible you know something that shouldn't be where it is why did that happen? Let's figure it out and start peeling it back. And and sometimes things like that happen and they don't turn into anything. In this case, it you know it turned into a novel. Wow, I, I, that's um, crazy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, but that's 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 okay, I guess. Is it always you that's the center person, and you change that into a different character? Uh, do you know what I'm saying? So like when you're standing there and the person's standing there and the alligator comes out, is that kind of, are you really talking about yourself and you just disguise yourself? It's an, it's an interesting question because that comes up so often when, um, for years, I mean, I've been writing probably longer than I should for the amount of success that I've had. But, uh, <laughs> for years I would, I was really, um, kind of careful and, and, 
Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm an introverted person in general. And so like, I wouldn't just, I was not one of those people who wrote a book and just started telling everybody about it. So it took me years to get to where I would do it. And part of the reason was, uh, at work, for example, I would show people like, Hey, I got a book published and I would show it to them and they would buy it and read it. And that question was always like, that's you. And that's you. That's always. And I, and I'm like, it, I'm I'm in every single character that I've ever written, and I'm also not. I mean, it's like yes, there is always going to be parts of me that are in everything—the good guys, the bad guys, the men, the women, whatever. Um, but I, it's it's never exactly me, um, and I don't. I, and I'd say that that would never happen. I mean, Stephen King famously kind of put himself into the Dark Tower books if you've ever read them. Mm-hmm. But uh, at this point, it hasn't quite, you know. There's always there's always some sort of a separation between me and the characters. Well, I was wondering, you know, sometimes when I write, it, it feels like, you know, you're talking about dreams and how impossible things happen in dreams. To me, sometimes when I'm writing, it ends up being like um, like a daydream, and impossible things will happen or time shifts will happen in, in, in crazy spots. Have you ever had something like that happen, or um, do you do most of your writing, is it kind of more of a linear process? I mean, it, I, I, at this point, I've done kind of all, I would say I have a, I have a, a schedule and a, when I'm writing a new book, I have like a pretty standard set of ways that I'm going to do it. But I would also say that like the, the targets that I'm aiming for and the way that the story comes together probably does change every single book. And so, um, yeah, there's definitely been times where I'm like, I have this idea for a scene and I'm nowhere near it yet, but I, but this scene is so important. I'm just going to do it now. And Mm. then all of a sudden I'm kind of backfilling to get to that scene or, uh, you know, so things like that have definitely happened before. Where do you get your characters from, first of all? And, and how do you decide what you're going to do to them other than the main character? Yeah. For, for me, the characters, um, we're probably, cause again, I've been writing for almost, this is actually going to be 2022 is going to be 20 years that I've been, you know, writing. My first thing was published 20 years ago, which is just, you know, insert a picture of me turning into a skeleton right now. But, um, <laughs> cause I can't believe it's been that long, but yeah, I mean, most of the time I feel like the character or I, I, what I was going to say there was that the characters were sort of the last thing for me to really get good at. Like I had pretty interesting plots. I was good at writing action. I was good at, you know, figuring out the structure of a story. Um, but the, that was the last piece to really fall in place for me. So it probably took me a couple of, I've got four books that are like never going to be seen by anybody. Like I know for a fact they won't. And um, those were sort of just like practice books for me. And that was the last piece was, was really figuring out characters and so, uh, you know, again, every book has been slightly different since then. But uh, t- to use the Toy Thief as an example, I specifically set out to say that was the first book I'd ever written first person. And I said, I want to explore this main character more than I've ever, you know, gotten into the head of a character before. And and I think it, it turned out well. I mean, the, the people that have enjoyed that book, they really, you know, that was one of the things that they enjoyed was the main character. Um, and back to the previous question you do pull so much from your life you know there's there's probably copyright issues of saying you know oh this person is definitely inspired by this other person that i know for real but um yeah it's 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 easy to pull pull examples from all over the place 
Well, speaking of characters, do you have an inner monologue in your head? Can you hear your characters? I, I just want to know if you hear voices. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> no doubt. Well, and again, that, that's, I, I think as my process has gotten better, that is one of the things that I have gotten better about, which is, you know, the first draft for me usually is getting the events right and start kind of getting these, you know, Play-Doh figures of characters in spots. And then to me on the rereads, when I'm really thinking of it through this person's voice and really getting deeper into like, ah, you know what, actually they wouldn't do this here. The characters kind of come to life for me more on the edits. I used to hate editing. I used to think of editing as like, you know, again, this is like in me as a 25 year old who was not, very smart about, you know, being a professional writer, but I used to look at edits as like work, like the draft is the fun part. That's what being a writer is. And now I've, you know, have definitely come full circle. And I realized that like the drafts, some of my drafts have been absolute nightmares, just, just mess so much, you know, the characters don't act the same from chapter to chapter. And in the edit, that's when you start to pull out these, these, you know, a character does something on one page and you're like, oh, wow, that really unlocked who they are as a person. And, and then you can start to kind of pull that through the rest of the manuscript. Wow. So you got all these uh, schizo characters. <laughs> <laughs> Did you act um, these out? <laughs> well, and, and, and my newest book, was, which came out uh, 2020, I believe, was, uh, called One by One, and it's about uh, this family moving into this house, and this the main character is a young girl. And I had a lot of people say, like, is she supposed to be, like, schizophrenic? I was like, I didn't write her that way. But uh, she has a lot of inner monologue, and it's sort of that childlike feeling of, like, your the voices, like, it's not literal voices in your head, but it's your conscience kind of warning you. Like, you know, you're about to step into the woods that you know you're not supposed to, and you hear a voice that's kind of like, you shouldn't do that. So there's a lot of that in that book. Well, that's interesting because then your character's a woman. Um, where does that come from? You know, I, I, honestly, I think that there's, if you look at the books that have been published, um, I think that most of them, because the toy thief, the main character is a woman, and one by one, that, so the two newest ones were both women. I tend to jump back and forth. It's just the ones that have been published. You know, it's like uh, the, 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 anytime I write them from a man's point of view, people are like, shut up. You know, you don't, <laughs> we don't believe that. We're not going to buy that. So um, just, I think it's just by pure chance that, that it's turned out that way for a lot of my books. So you're really good from writing from a woman's point of view. I, I would leave that to a woman to say, but as far as it getting as far as it getting published, yes, I would say. Oh, yeah. My my agent is a woman, and she she says I'm good at it, so I'll trust her her judgment. Those books you mentioned, like the ones that you say that nobody will ever see, like the four manuscripts or books. Why why with this world of self publishing now, wouldn't you just put them out yourself for people to get some of them that's potential down the road um i would say the first two or three are just you know they're written from that uh i think the first book i wrote was i was 21 22 so written from that perspective of like 
a very, very young person who's very enthusiastic about writing and who is not very good at it yet. So the first couple just aren't good enough. I will say, though, like I mentioned before, that that a lot of the ideas and concepts and, and even some of the plot pieces that I was working with um, in those earlier books were pretty good. Um, the ideas were solid. It's just I wasn't a good enough writer yet. So a lot of those have been sort of, uh, I use the word cannibalized. I've taken ideas from a lot of the books that I've already written and reused them. So some of them are like picked clean at this point. And so it's like <laughs> there's not much to publish because I've taken the monster from this one and the villain from this one and the main character from this one. Um, but there are a few. There's a few that, that I've written later that haven't been published yet that probably would be better ca candidates for, for self-publishing and um, just for various reasons just haven't quite found a home yet. Well, horror was huge, especially in the 80s and 90s. And um, I'm just wondering what you think of modern horror um, and, and do you think horror is making a comeback? I think so. And I mean, it's, it's an interesting time, you know, and a, and a frustrating time to be a writer in general, mm. because, you know, I've joked before that I was like, man, if I was doing what I'm doing now in the eighties, I'd probably, I'm not saying I would be big, but I would probably be able to have a career mm. and, uh, or, or a, or a not have to go to a day job kind of career. And, um, I think that that's more of just the nature of publishing in general right now. It's just, there's lots of money going into it, but it's also harder and harder to get noticed because there are so many people doing it. Um, but horror is is definitely making a big comeback right now. And and I think a, big, a good sign of that, uh, I had this conversation with my agent a couple of years ago as my books were starting to come out um, of like, where, where are these going to be on, you know, stands and uh you know barnes noble or whatever and most of it uh, for a while at least i think maybe they've started to bring it back but for a while like there wasn't a horror section so it was like mm. horror was just it was becoming mainstream and you know you look at books like you know cabin at the end of the world by paul Tremblay or something like that that is yeah. just uh, it, it's, it's horror and I know him as a horror writer and he went, he, I think he won a Stoker award for it. Yeah. You could hand that to somebody that doesn't read horror and they would get the same sort of experience from it. They wouldn't have to necessarily be con committing themselves to the, the dirty world of, you know, genre <laughs> fiction or whatever. So <laughs> do you kind of like older, older horror, like suspense, kind of like the, the more the original, like Dracula, Frankenstein, and the things that were done pre-internet, like a long, even before the 80s, um, kind of the originals, as we would call them, or do you like the modern day horrors? I, I'm, I'm honestly a fan of, of most, you know, eras of, of horror. I mean, I, there was a good you know, two years where I, I read so, this is in college, uh, where I read, you know, Poe and Lovecraft and those types of things, just like, that's all I read. I just was absolutely obsessed with that, that kind of an era. Um, so I still love stuff like that, but there's, there's, there's a lot of good modern horror out there now too. Um, just, just tons of people that are, you know, it's, it's, it's it kind of goes back to the earlier question of, of, is this having a resurgence? And I think it is. It's just the everything's just so different now. The market is just so different. The world is just so different. Um, you know, you got somebody like Adam Neville or somebody like that who has multiple, you know, movie adaptations on Netflix. And it's like, 
they're great. And so it's like, there's, there's, is that middle ground, there's streaming services. There is like, you know, there's ways to make money as a horror writer. Um, and people are really, really, you know, killing it right now. Well, you know, maybe it's, there's still time for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> and, and right now, I mean, I'm in the middle of sort of a, uh, I don't know, crossroad, I guess you would say of I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out in different directions. Like the horror, I have one horror, a new horror novel that's on submission right now. And I have a uh, two, uh, middle grade horror novels. So I'm still writing the same stuff, but I'm, you know, I'm starting to write stuff for kids. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, the thing that I always say about writing, especially, you know, something in a genre like horror where it's not, it's not like the literary writing. It's not like, you know, you get this, very few people get that huge, you know, oh, we signed you and we're giving you a seven figure deal. That very rarely happens in horror. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's, it's every, every book's a, a lot. You're in the lottery, you know, you're, you, and you might get, it might take off or it might kind of just, you know, stay where it's at and that's okay too. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting business. I mean, it's almost two worlds now with the online and Amazon and, and that whole world. And then there's still the bookstores, you know, Ingram sparks and all that. It's almost divided into two categories, you know, absolutely. So it's, 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 it's tough to kind of master both, um, you know, it's an interesting uh, way, and there's no necessarily right way or wrong way. It's just you have to be uh, out there. Um, Definitely. You should act out one of your murder books live. Do it. <laughs> I mean, because I noticed that now you've got that YouTube channel, and um, it's it's pretty funny. Um, what so what what's kind of what what's your goal there? That's a good question. <laughs> now, now I, I've been. I, going way, way back, I mean, I've always been, you know, I think a lot of people that are that are writers are interested in writing in lots of different mediums. And um, so I've always been a big movie fan. Um, honestly, early on, like 19, 20 years old or whatever, before I started writing, you know, books, I was more interested in, in you know, trying to. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Right, movies and things like that. And so it's it's been an interest that's always been there. And I've had a, a change in my day job to where I have always, for years, I work in, you know, corporate world stuff. For years, I have written, uh, I've used my writing in my, my day job too, but I've written like, video scripts, like training videos and stuff like that. Uh, never done, you know, I'm talking, we're talking hundreds of them. Never have I shot any video or edited any video. And in the new job that I took on this past year, um, I got a chance to start doing that. So it, for me at this point, my, the YouTube show is kind of, I'm all over the place because I'm just having fun and I'm just, getting my feet wet with something different. Um, I think the ultimate goal of the show is, is kind of similar to what we're doing here is to, to talk to, you know, authors and, and, you know, creative people that I know and, you know, do interviews. And I'm especially interested in adaptation. So it's the name of the show is uh, movie book game. And so it's like, you know, why did they make that choice when they took this book and made it into a movie? Or why did they make this choice when they took this video game and made it into a movie or whatever? So I've always been fascinated in that. But um, I'm also really, really into the idea of what you just said, which is um, just making making movies on my own. And so uh, who knows if I'll get to that point. Uh, I'm definitely going to do some short films beyond just the absolutely ridiculous one that I think y'all saw. Um, so at some point I'm going to do some narrative short films and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting. I think it's, um, it's another way to put out your creativity, which is good. Do you read other horror writers or do you stay away from that? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I try to read a little bit of everything, and and um, I don't always accomplish this, but I try to do, you know, some health food, like read something that's a little bit more, 
<laughs> nutritious, <laughs> so to speak. And then, you know, go back and forth between that. And, you know, I like horror. I, I've actually I've been reading more fantasy lately. I've tried, I'm trying to get into Wheel of Time, but that's, that's, there's a lot there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I read just a little bit of everything. Um, as far as writers that I really like right now, um, Stephen Graham Jones is, is great. Um, uh, who else? I mentioned Paul Tremblay. He's great. Um, there's, there, again, there's, there's just a lot of different people out there and, and that you get the ones that kind of do rise to the top and become a little bit more stri- mainstream, but there's just so many great authors in that middle. Um, you know, lots, lots of self-published stuff that's not great. Lots of self-published stuff that is great. And it's so hard to, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to even make a choice as to, to what to read next. You should always mention the host. Sure. <laughs> yes, that that Alan R. Warren. Oh man, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I'm just saying, just so you know, you know, always, always say yeah. The host changed my life. That's right. <laughs> well, listen. In the same vein, uh, do you read anything, watch anything, or have any influences that uh, might surprise your fans? Um, I think if pe- people that, that have followed me on social media for very long, it's, it's, it, I have a really weird relationship with social media because I, <laughs> I kind of hate it, but I also, uh, have these little moments where I'm like, ah, that's what it's for. Okay. I see. It's not about getting screamed at. It's about this, you know, connecting with somebody. And, um, I, you know, I think that people that have, you know, followed me closely, I, I ton of video games. I've played video games my whole life. And so that is definitely a huge inspiration for lots of, I played, you know, grew up playing creepy, scary games. And so that was definitely a big uh, influence on me. Um, as far as let me think here, shows and things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of any, any of them that actually, I mean, there's, I'm always watching something. I'm trying to think of things that would have really affected my writing style and none of them are coming to mind at the moment. And as soon as we get off the phone, I'll be like, damn it. Of course. I should have told you that, but <laughs> you're into free Britney and all that, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> M- music. I will say music is really important to, uh, I've posed this question to people on, on Twitter before of, uh, and I don't know if this is the same for, for you guys or not, but um, finding, and I'm surprised that this has become such a vital part of my process, but finding a song that fits the mood of the book that I'm working on is like huge for me. And when I find that song, I will listen to it like a million times. Um, and, and I don't know if other people's brains work this way, but it's almost like I'm doing a movie trailer in my head of the scenes. And so finding a song is really, really important for me. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think it depends on the type of writer you are. I mean, if you're if if the emotion is an influence in your writing, then it then it would be right. Um, yeah, because some people will uh, because that that kind of leads to so when you you have you can't just turn it on then like you can't just go okay well there's nobody home from eleven to three today so I'm just going to write and then sit down and write. Um, or do you, is, is that how you are or do you like to be in the mood? Um, I, I, I'm, it's kind of somewhere in the middle. I, yes, I can turn it on when it's time to do it. Um, but I am not one of those. I've definitely learned for me, like a lot of people get in that habit of like, I'm going to write 
a thousand words a day, every single day, regardless of what I'm working on. I don't do that. For me, it's definitely more along the lines of I have an idea. It has congealed enough to where I can start to work with it. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write it. pretty much my pace is about 10,000 words a week when I, when I'm working on a draft. And so it's like Monday through Friday, I'm going to write 2000 words a day. And it's, it's, it kind of does get robotic and it, and it used to frustrate me more. But like I mentioned earlier, I've learned that, that you, I can't, some people can probably go further along the lines of making their first draft really close to what they need it to be. Mine, that first draft is like, get something on the page so you can fix it. And so, um, so I, I don't write every day, but when I do write, it is a pretty fast pace. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, so do you outline your, your story or is it just go as it goes? I, I've done, I've done both. And, and I used to be really, really serious about outlining and make sure that I had everything kind of, figured out from point A to point B. And I've, I've started to back away from that a little bit. And, and for me, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, that kind of goes hand in hand with the character. My character's getting better. And once you get to where your characters are a little bit more solid, it's like you can kind of let them lead you a little bit. Um, and so, so, you know, I don't like to, I don't like to go into it completely blind. I'm not one of those people who can just start writing and just, well, hopefully this turns into something. I need to know that there's at least an interesting arc to the story, but how we get there can be very different than maybe what I'm generally thinking it would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. What's your, what's your call on social media? Do you, do you, um, so you like it, you don't like it. Uh, do you like to interact with people then? Or, and same as reviews, like, uh, do, do you kind of follow them? Or if someone gives you a, a one star and whatever, like, or just how does this all affect you? Honestly, it, it, it has been a work in progress as I have, uh, you know, especially these past two books that I've had have been the biggest books that I've had, uh, released. Um, and so that was, it's been a learning experience there because my natural state is that I do not like social media at all. <laughs> and if tomorrow, you know, a magic wand, gets, you know, I, I find a genie or whatever. Um, and my next book is an absolute, you know, New York Times smash or whatever. I'll probably disappear from social media forever. Um, <laughs> so, but the things that I have learned have, have changed my perspective about a lot. I, I think in terms of like <laughs> society, it's not a good thing. I think it's bad for kids. I think, you know, so I don't have a high view of it, but something like this is enjoyable to me getting to interact with somebody beyond just a, I posted something and then somebody told me while I, why I was wrong. And then somebody added to why I was wrong. Is that, that's not fun to me, you know? So <laughs> I, I think it's just, uh, I am an introverted person and I do, I, there is something uh, with me. And I compare this to my wife because my wife is like a savage on social media. Like she'll like cuss people out and stuff. When, when I feel like people, when I feel like people are, uh, starting to dogpile me, I'll just delete whatever it was I was talking about and just step walk away because it does. It, there's just something about that nameless, you know, mob kind of slowly building up thing that I've just I've never. It's always kept social media at kind of arm's length for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm exactly the same as you uh, in that way, um, but um, I've I've kind of over the years have learned to eliminate all the nutballs. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I really, you know, I mean, because because um, a lot of times I, I friend people that I've interviewed, you know, social media has opened it up for us in the fact that, and so was the COVID, because um, we started just interviewing, um, we were doing people that were pretty set and famous and doing a job as a living. And then when this all hit uh, and with social media, it's made me, um, you know, have the ability to reach out to a lot of people that are not as well known and talk to real people out there doing it, but yet they're still working or they're still living a normal life, so to speak, but they've, they've got some talent to them. They can write or they can direct. And so it's, it's been really good. I think, I think you just have to get rid of all that. Um, rather than delete what you say, delete the people that are dogpiling because they're not worth it. I mean, I hate to say that. Oh Um, no, you're right. You're right. And, And it is, it is, it's what you make it. And that's what I'm learning. And, and, um, the promotional side of it, like I, because I've, I've always felt a little un, you know, uneasy about social media. I haven't promoted myself the right way. I haven't connected with people the right way. And I'm doing more of that now than I used to. And, and I'm already, you know, in a couple of months, I'm already seeing, you know, changes. I'm seeing traffic. I'm seeing sales. So it's, uh, there is a very positive side to it. It's just if you're the type of person like me who the negative kind of takes over, it's like it's easy to only see the negative. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, you've written uh, short fiction and novels. Um, all things uh, being equal, do you have a preference? Do you consider yourself a natural short story writer or um, a natural novel writer? Um. I don't know that I would say I'm natural on either of them, but I will say that like the <laughs> I'm not natural as a writer in general. <laughs> um, I will say that like they have very specific things that are fun about both, and so um, you know the fun thing about novels is just diving in and, and really exploring a, an idea and exploring the characters and getting to know them. The fun thing, and, and I've been really focused on trying to push novels for. Yeah, probably two or three years. And so I've written like very few short stories until eh, maybe October or so. I started writing some more short stories. The fun thing about that is the, the, you can just be weird. You know, it's like I'm not, and you can be weird in novels too, obviously, but like I, it's, it's a harder sale for me to spend again, three to six months, however long it takes to finish a book, um, in an idea that's like, really hard to sell people on and really strange, Mm. but it's, it's fun to spend, you know, three hours on the weirdest. Oh my. (laughs) Um, So that's the, that's the joy of, of short stories to me is just being like, you know what? I've written this somewhat respectable novel um, that I would not be embarrassed to show to most people that I met. Now I'm going to write something that would embarrass me if they wrote it. If they wrote it. That's my life. I'm, I'm totally embarrassed about everything I've done, you know. Um, it's terrible. Um, I can't write, but I still write. <laughs> if, you do, if you do it long enough, it's, it ends up at the same place. Yeah, in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> the best I place think, to read. Well, and you you asked the question about reviews, and that was the other, um, you know, learning moment for me was when these last two books were, a, you know, a little bit bigger impact than the other ones, especially on Goodreads. Like I have not had many 
reviews on Goodreads at all. And all of a sudden, I'm, you know, it's still not a ton, but it's, you know, 100, 150, 200 reviews. And um, that, man, if you're not used to that, it's, it's, it's interesting and it's, it's, it hits you kind of hard. And um, it's the thing that I had to learn is like what you just said, that as I'm scrolling through here, you know, it might still have a four star rating overall. And there's, you know, 80% of the people think it's a five or a four or whatever. And then there's that couple of people that are one stars and like, it, it was interesting with the, the toy thief was the one that came out in I think 2019 or 2020. That was the one where something about that character, like again, the people that loved it, loved it. The people that didn't were like, you're a bad person. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and that was new for me. And then, and I would read one of those and it would, you know, one review like that would kind of ruin your day. And, and or my day at least, and and so uh, I, you know, like everything in life, you your skin gets a little thicker, and they start bouncing off of you, and and it's weird because I was, you know, on the rejection side of things, I, my skin was bulletproof because I had been, you know, to get an agent, I had gotten, you know, fifty rejections or whatever, and so I, I thought that I was like. Okay, nothing can hurt me, and then those reviews start, like, start coming in. I was like, eh, maybe I can, I can still be hurt. There's still a couple of soft spots in the armor. Well, yeah, I think, I think one thing that's important is sometimes you, you're writing about something that when we talked about this before. So, like one of the characters or any of the characters, especially the main character, there's a lot of you in that. And you're writing about some personal stuff, kind of your feelings towards something that you're making the character go through. So if someone pinpoints that and says, oh, this is garbage, you don't know what you're talking about, or you're terrible, you're awful, it makes you feel bad because you're sharing something that's kind of personal and you're being told that it's awful. So I think that's kind of a natural reaction. Um, I always, I, I tell you what really helps the best is to, um, Find who that person is, hunt them down, and kill them. <laughs> yes, you know, and just yes, yeah, seek them out and make them suffer as much as you can. Uh, wreck their life. Do everything you can. You know, I feel so. I feel so much better now. Yeah, see, that really helps. No, I think the real thing that helps is you got to because I get I'll have someone review and tell me it's a five star. Then you have someone say it's a one star, and this isn't good enough to be. This wouldn't pass in, in grade eleven English, you know, type thing. Yes. So you know, I, I think the idea is because even the big ones, even when you get into Stephen King or whoever is just the biggest thing of the day at the time even they get some one stars and some terrible reviews mm. and people saying awful things about them so uh, it just it's people i think it generally comes from when they're reading it where they're at at that that time so it's, yeah. it's really you can't take any of it too personal you know it's just the way it is you know, uh, you, you know, you have a lot of creativity, and you're a very creative person. You can we can tell that just talking with you. So, you just want to share it. And there's going to be people that that don't like that type of creativity or don't like what you do, and just like as a person, right? Absolutely. So, you know, like I said, you know, kill them. <laughs> they're all jealous anyway. They're all jealous. Well, well the, the example the example that I always think of when it, and, and when I was 
again, getting used to that sort of thing. Um, and I saw this not too long ago and it brought it back to mind was that somebody was asking online about, uh, gosh, what was it? Elf, the movie Elf. This is at Christmas. And, um, I don't know, y'all. I don't know if you've seen that movie before or not, but like, I think it's safe to say, even if you don't like Will Ferrell, it's. I think it's safe to say that he's he's a pretty funny guy. You know, he he got successful for a reason, and um, it's you, what you notice is like whenever somebody gets some traction or starts getting you know some some popular it becomes so easy the the more popular they become to just say that oh well they've never been good and the, and so somebody's the the question was have you ever seen the movie elf and it was like 40 people saying i've never watched it and i never will and i hate will ferrell and, <laughs> and i'm just like i'm just it's just that that realization that kind of comes back to this conversation of like yeah there's some people that are just not happy about anything and so yeah, yeah. it's you can't let that that you know 5% or 1% or whatever uh hit you too bad one of the wor- best slash worst things that ever happened to me was um, I took a, I, so in college, I took a creative writing class, wrote my first story, short story, and my teacher was like, "You've been doing this for a while, right?" And I was like, "No, I, this is the first one." She's like, "Well, you're you're talented. You you've got a lot of skill at it." And I submitted a story to the you know college newsletter, uh, literary magazine. That's what it was, and um, and I won a contest in this thing and it got published and I got my first check for $200 or whatever it was. And so at that point that for, I, I went from that, like the second or third short story I've ever written, getting me $200 to writing my first book, you know, a semester later or whatever. And again, it was, it was good because it was a learning experience, but it totally skewed my idea of what, making money in the writing business actually was because in my mind I was like well I'm good you know I don't know anybody that's written a book before now I've written a book surely people will be lined up out the door to purchase it you know and so it's, <laughs> it really really messed up my sense of uh what it took to get things published and to get an agent and all that stuff so now listen um you do you have a website right so what's your website it's dwgillespie.com. And uh, we'll have that up on our website, too. You know, we want people to uh, find you. And um, please, let's let's give you all the reviews we can. So I'm, everybody that's listening, just get on there and write something really, really good or really, really bad. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, well, hey, bad attention, still attention. So yeah, you know, right. it's just it doesn't matter what it is. It's just it's another view. It's another. It moves you up on the target list, right? Come on, there get like go. Facebook. Get like <laughs> Facebook. Do it. Do it all. So COVID, does COVID uh, bother your writing style, or does it does it affect you? So when all that stress is going on, you know, people are all locked down, and you know, you're going to your anti mask rally and stuff. Do you have problems? <laughs> <laughs> You know. Hey, I'm from Tennessee, man. It oh, I guess that's the that's the day uh, that's every day. Oh, <laughs> we're at the we're at the epicenter. No, yeah, it's walking into it, <laughs> walking into a small country store with a mask on, and they all look at you. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing for sure. Um, yeah, it, it it I would say that the first couple of months for sure of 2020 um, hit the brakes on everything. I mean, the people I worked with, we used to joke about the fact that, um, 
we would have, which I can say this because I don't work at this company anymore, but we had these, you know, everybody's at home all at the same time. How are we going to stay connected? Well, we need to have daily meetings. We need to have Zoom meetings every single day so everybody can whatever. And um, it, that just became like this, again, existential moment for me where I would like put <laughs> – you not I would not have the camera on on my computer, but I would just sit there and stare at the wall as people talk about business, and I'm wondering if the world's ending and all this kind of stuff. So, so yeah, it it, it definitely threw a wrench in my writing for a while. But um, just the other day, I went back to a. I think at this point, I've made peace with the fact that it's probably a novella. It's not going to be like I don't think it'll get bigger than forty thousand words, probably. But I wrote a draft of a book in the middle of it and it's the darkest oh my it is so (laughs) messed up and i'm like i feel bad editing it right now and so i'm like i kind of keep going back and forth because it's on the one hand it's a nice encapsulation of like the emotions that i was going through at the time but on the other hand i'm like i I don't know if i would want to read this because it's so it's just so bleak and upsetting so we'll see what happens with that I think it's okay. I think it works as long as it's not like a pandemic thing. Like when we were talking about movies, Dave and I a couple shows ago, and we were talking about Mm. which a lot of the – it's like I see so many movies listed on Netflix now that it's like, you know, the world's ended and they have to go to another planet or they have to go to another part. There's a big virus going around, and and I'm just sort of not really into watching that right now. You yeah, know? for sure. And, and in, in the middle of working on new drafts of stuff, like I keep having that moment of, of, okay, should I write the characters wearing masks? Should I write them commenting on it? And I just, I, my, my plan so far and the way that I've handled it so far is just, no, I'm, COVID does not happen in my stories because Jesus Christ. Oh my. Yeah. And I think, I think you got to write like, COVID or things like this, like you do maybe sex. It's just that it only be there if it's appropriate for what you're talking about. Yeah, if it's you if know? it's relevant to the point. Of, yeah. Like if this is a story about COVID, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote um, a short story, and actually this is on my YouTube if people hear this and are interested. Um, that I think it was the first short story I'd written in several years uh, called Mouths to Feed, and I, I did it as just an audio recording and put it on YouTube, and so if you want to hear it, you can, you can hear what I'm talking about here. But it was a – the idea – was and and it didn't strike me until I was almost done writing this. I was like, oh, this is a COVID story, and I didn't even realize it. But this kid is like kind of narrating or writing writing down sort of like a diary of of what happened to him, where all of a sudden, all over the world, mouths just start opening in the ground and just eating people. So if you're walking out on the street, like a mouth comes up and bites you in half and you're dead. So he's like, as far as he's been stuck in his house for like two weeks and he's run out of food and everything. And it wasn't until I started reading this again, I was like, oh my God, this is a COVID story. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think it affects us all in different ways. And it's, it's, I'm more interested in it coming out in those kind of, a different angle approaches. Like I don't want to watch like the movie. Was it was the movie Pandemic? Was that the name of it? Yeah, with, I think uh, with Matt Damon. Yeah, like I like I never want to see that movie again. It's a good movie. I don't want. I'm not interested. In it. Maybe when I'm 80 years old and all this stuff has been over for six months, I might want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those things. It's just I think you get overkill on any idea. 
you know, if you get too much. It's almost like a fashion, you know, like movies or music or something going on. There's a lot of them. Like, I'm so over superheroes right now. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I, I can't be bothered. Um, I know Dave's there with his popcorn and he's watching every one of them. I, I just can't. I just, I'm so over it now that I could care less now. It's getting harder for sure. I do. Yeah. I, I've liked, I like a lot of them, but it's, they're having to do more to impress me at this point. Well, this has been a great conversation. And uh, listen, anybody that wants a good horror book, not like any of this, like what, Stephen King sort of stuff. Nah. Now they got to get this D.W. Gillespie. You know, he's got some books out. There, you can get them on Amazon. You'll, they'll be up on our website. And now, if you want something really good and scary, buy this. Don't don't spend your money on these unknown characters. Like, I think his name was Stephen King, wasn't it? I, I, yeah, who? yeah. Whoever that is. Yeah, whoever that is. I hear he's grumpy too, right? So you know, <laughs> don't you don't want to be feeding the grump. Um, anyway, so this, this is what we're suggesting right now. So all the people that love me, I actually know all the people that love Dave because they like him better than they do me. Um, get on and buy this book. Do something good. Do something good for the world. Okay? I would, I would, my children would appreciate it and it would yeah. put is that, tattered is that the, clothes on their backs. And, yeah. And, well, is that the feral children or the regular? <laughs> So, I mean, you say you've listed them as feral, so just all like, I have, all I have are feral children. That's they're just all over the streets, like with the cats. And all those right yes, it's, it's kind of good. It's kind of good. How do you know when they're there? You're yours then. Well, I mean, you know, there, there's, there's, there's ways to tell. It's, it's. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they walk with a limp or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. See, this is a, you can use this. This is a great storyline for your next book. <laughs> Just, you know, just so you know. I mean, by all means, it's, I come up with great ideas for people. That's why, that's why I'm not famous. <laughs> anyway. Well, well, again, thank you very much. Our guest has been D.W. Gillespie. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk again. Thank you guys for having me. It's great. Thanks, D.W. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 